is Tuesday, July 23rd, 2019. The SmackDown, the night after Raw reunion, the build to SummerSlam really felt like it officially began tonight. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Matt Morgan and Justin Labar. Matt, how did tonight feel for you after last night's Raw reunion? Wait, hang on. Where are you at? Well, Glenn, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was good. I, I enjoyed tonight. I enjoyed tonight's uh, SmackDown. Actually, didn't didn't last night was a wash to me, obviously, because it's such a gimmick. But uh, tonight, I kind of liked it. Um, I love the setup to the show. I just want to point that out, but not nearly as much as I loved your cute little haircut. Somebody got a haircut. Glenn. Everyone won't let it go with the haircut. I almost wore a hat tonight. For Christ's sake. <laughs> look how adorable you look, Glenn. I know. Well, you know, I got the baby face in full effect. That's why I can never be a heel. Uh, Justin Labar rocking a hat tonight. Not the red hat, because we've done that to death. It's the Fred Durst uh, look, right? Well, with the red hat it is. Uh, what, how did uh, tonight feel for you, uh, especially considering how much we saw of the Raw reunion last night on tonight's SmackDown? Uh, I mean, this was better than last week's SmackDown, but I mean, Matt Morgan taking a dump would have been better than last week's SmackDown. Uh, there, there were some high points, but then there was also some stuff that was like, eh, you know, I, I, I paced around the room trying to ignore. Yeah. The, the better part of the first hour felt kind of like a repeat, right? I mean, when we saw it with Kevin and uh, Shane, even the Miz and Dolph, we've seen this before, but we did get Nakamura and Apollo. We had the new day on commentary. Um, so let's run down the segments. We did open with, uh, Oh, man. So we had, this was interesting, Tom Phillips, David Otunga tonight, and uh, Michael Cole were on commentary. Corey Graves and Byron Saxton not there. And uh, we had Phillips and Otunga with Biggie and Xavier Woods at the announce table. Uh, Shawn Michaels also was to be on commentary. And we opened with Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens. <sighs> I mean, okay, so the stipulation for SummerSlam is that whoever loses, like if Owens loses, he's done. And if Shane uh, Shane loses, he's not on TV anymore. Do I understand that correctly? Uh, I know, sure. I know, I know Owens losing is, or is gone. If he loses, I know that was definitely a thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know what point there is for him to put that at risk. If uh, there's not stakes, if Shane loses, I just feel like this is, this is beyond obnoxious, but not in that way where it's so obnoxious that it's funny or charming. I mean, they're just running this into the ground. They are. It's all, it's Austin Vince 98. They're, they're even into the main event segment, which we'll get to. It's like down to the, uh, no, no pun intended. It's down to the blueprint of, of Austin and Vince. Yeah. It's, it's not, look, there's an old saying in wrestling. What's old is new again. This is not an example that they should be trying to do. It's just not working. And PS, none of it's Owen's fault. Oh, no. Owen's is great in this. It's Shane. Shane, Shane is not Shane made us be annoyed with him before there was an opportunity for us to care enough about him. You yeah. know what I mean? To make and actually hate him enough for this to work for Owens. Yeah, it's uh, it's something, man. I don't know. Like, I, I like Shane uh, as a face. Yeah, I love Kevin, but Shane as a heel in this is just really running to the ground. Even the stuff with Greg Hamilton. So tonight, the best in the world thing. Uh, crowd very excited about CM Punk's upcoming appearance at Starcast. They couldn't stop chanting about it for the better part of that segment. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying. I'm trying to. Uh, it's this is the perhaps the hardest angle right now to cover in all of professional wrestling. So which, move past it. Yes. Ah, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura <laughs> versus Apollo Cruz. I'm a big Apollo fan. I know a lot of people like get down on the guy. It, it, I like this. I, I think homeboy. I think homeboy can go. He can good flat out go in the ring. He and he's such a freaking freaking nature athlete um and i just hope the more tv time he's getting the more comfortable he gets and eventually he takes a risk do you know what i mean so i'm looking far past what they want us to look at right now which is the context of what he's doing currently and i have to otherwise i'll beat my head into the wall and go i don't get it this guy has everything he really does and he is charismatic it's just when you get to wwe you guys and you're still kind of new. You're still walking on eggshells. I could tell he's still walking on eggshells because he's not trying new things within his own persona. Yeah. 
Justin, what do you think? Do you think it puts Apollo at a bit of a, a challenge in this feud with Nakamura, if that's the direction they're going, that Nakamura, uh, with the way they've treated him, is not really a promo guy? So this isn't going to be a promo-heavy, story-heavy feud. Well, right. You have Apollo who, I mean, you know, Matt's speaking highly of him, and I and I trust Matt's judgment. Uh, but, you know, up to this point, the Apollo Crews, the WWE character, I right. haven't seen hardly anything. I've seen just nothing but big smiles, very just, right. you know. Generic. Like, Merrick, right. Yeah. You know, and, and then Shinsuke. Shinsuke is a tough promo. I mean, I, I don't know anyone to say it without it sounding so disrespectful and rude, and I don't mean it, but I, I have a hard time understanding him. When he, he does he, – the way he tries to talk and he has the mouthpiece, and stuff, I, I just I, – I don't understand, and he's not a – he's just not a promo guy. He does his talking in the ring, and, he, and he's really good in the ring. I don't really like heel Nakamura. Um, <laughs> I, I, so, yeah, so this whole thing, I mean, it's cool seeing Apollo get some TV time for sure. But yeah, like, what do you do with it? Like, if 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 you're the if you're the producer or writer or whatever assigned to this, to where's this, the hook? Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, why do we care, right? Right. Yeah. You know, you want some you know character development would help here in this situation with Nakamura. He's so out there. I just yeah. watched this piece on YouTube that shows that they could downfall now the new uprise of New Japan, yeah. and they could basically point fingers at when around the time Brock came there. P.S. That's when I semi-main evented uh, Tokyo Dome versus Yuji Nagata um, when Brock won the title. I didn't know all that was going on, and I worked there. I swear to God um, that the numbers were really down and all these other bad things were happening when Brock had the title. And um, anyways, it was Nakamura. It was a young boy. I remember that like yesterday, him and Tanahashi. I kept remembering everyone was telling me like they're the Cena and Orton at the time of that company. They were going to be the two hood ornaments of that, of that company. And I remember Nakamura was always like goofing around backstage and he was really funny and was always laughing at stuff that I, I remember thinking like nothing really funny just happened. Why is this guy dying laughing over here? <laughs> and everyone said he's a pretty good ribber, I guess is why. But anyways, my point was he was super generic looking and he made this huge transformation um, and came out as what we see now. Um, he is super charismatic, so they need to show. He might not have to sit there and, and say super califragilistic expialidocious in his promos, but he could still do all his weird isms and his body language and all his body movements, gyrations and crazy crap that he does that makes him look like a freaking rock star in his entrance. He can do all of those things backstage. Just got to be short and concise with it and not let him talk as much yet until he yeah. perfects it better because – do you remember I, what you just said, Justin? I used to say, believe it or not, about like Drew McIntyre and, and Sheamus and some of the others that just really had Irish accents or British accents or and whatnot. I remember thinking like that always I felt held them back to some degree because this sounds weird, but I maybe because I'm, I'm American, I don't, I don't share that accent with them. I never felt that connection to them. They always say the guys that get over most are those that can make us feel connected to them. We have something in common with them. Therefore, we can identify with them when they're getting their asses kicked or getting screwed over by the promoter or whatnot. We can identify better because we, we feel like we're one of them. We feel like they're, we're them in that situation with that accent, the thick accent that, that Drew had at first, and he still has it to some degree. I always felt disconnected me away from him. Not anymore. He's improved it. So I'm hoping Shinsuke can do Shinsuke can improve it as well. Yeah, Nakamura doesn't have to say much. You know, right. again, I mean, I, I remember the first the first time I saw him live. It was I, th I think NXT in Dallas. Um, I think it was, I think it was, you know, Is I mean, it, it, yeah, and that was. I mean, I remember just. I was like, I was, I was moved. That entrance just moved me, and I was like, Hell yeah. you know, this is this guy's, this guy's Lots. a badass. It's got this Freddie Mercury, Michael Jackson flamboyance to him. I don't even know what you call him. that. I don't even yeah. know what you call it. I you, can you, never manipulate that or duplicate that. Yeah, and, and, and so like, I'm, I don't want anybody to think that I'm not a fan of it. Like, I'm a fan of that, and I'm a fan of his ring work. But this, this whole heel Nakamura, and they've gone way off. The, they've completely abandoned any investment to him. I mean, uh, the, the, you know, it, mm. it's I just why I don't know. Well, maybe they think he doesn't have to cut promos as a heel. But what's weird is a babyface, you watch the uh, network special on him, you watch him just talk, and he's actually not hard to understand. His English is actually good. It's the scripted line. SmackDown show, Glenn. Remember we were saying yeah. it? And the Daniel Bryan thing when he would interview people? What was it called? Yeah. Talking, uh, smack? talking Smack, yeah. We were like, whoa, why are yeah. they doing this? Yeah. Where's he can good? talk, but not with a script and i think that's why him as a heel they see that as a stopgap he doesn't have to cut promos sorry justin really quick justin can you imagine uh, glenn as well if you were given uh, like we speak my, my second language if i had to speak with spanish is spanish right like i couldn't even imagine somebody handing me uh, a script 
in, Espa- in Espanol and me have to sit there sure. and, and make it sound natural. Sure. Like I couldn't even fathom it. Yeah, no, and and that and that makes sense, and that that would totally make sense of what we're saying here. And and you know, I mean, I've I've heard the guy's personality. I don't know him, but I know I know other guys on the road that travel with him, and they they say that he is just a fun guy to be around. He's got a ton yeah. of personality, so obviously he can connect with them. But yeah, the way they present him on TV, I mean, like they when he would when, when when he would do things when they actually were investing, him, he would when he would do the knee to face like that like that was that was fine. It was just a quick repetitive. But like I just the, the way they try to have him cut promos when they have him cut promos, I'd almost him rather just not. I'd rather again let all of his talking mm-hmm. literally be physical because he tells quite a story physically. Yeah, yeah, oh, boy. Matt, break me off a little bit if your Spanish might be a little rusty, but cut a little promos. Give me a line. Come on, that You too? Me, Mateo Morgan. There you go. Justin, any foreign languages? Bonjour. Je m- coming at you, folks. Bonjour. Je m'appelle Justin. Donde esta las biblioteca? <laughs> why the, well, wait, hang on. Why the, uh, were you Kofi Kingston cutting a promo? See what he just did there? <laughs> That's my exact example of what's happening right now to Nakamura. Because you do a character sometimes when you're yes. trying to present as opposed to yes. just talking extemporaneously. Yes. Yes. We solved it. Yeah. WWE, pay us. Absolutely. Now. Uh, oh, man. So Nakamura won tonight with the Kinshasa, beat Apollo Crews, and uh, then beat him up afterwards. So that was, you know, there. He let his fist do the talking, his knee do the talking. Mm-hmm. That's your promo. That's everything you need to know about where Shinsuke is at right now. Yeah. Uh, and I'm assuming they'll be battling for the IC title maybe on the pre-show, maybe on the main card for SummerSlam. We'll see. But uh, Kickoff this- show, Glenn. Kickoff show. Uh, it's the kickoff show. What a game. Oh, man. Uh, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville backstage saying they're going to get a tag team title shot next week on the show. Then we got another promo from Ali. What's going on with Ali? They keep showing all these vignettes. Like, I feel like this is, this is, remember when you were a kid, you see the trailer for the movie there. It's like, when's this thing coming out? They've been hyping this for a year. Yes. Like with Ali, when's, when's this happening? When's the debut? This is another Funkasaurus situation. I'll, I'll take it though. I will, because okay. I don't trust them. Okay. As far as wins go and getting him in there and getting him a win against a big opponent that he needs right now, right. To continue to get to that next level. I'll take this versus him going there and lo- having a really good match, but losing to a Samoa Joe or whomever, or someone on that level. You know what I mean? Even though Joe's yeah, on the show, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. I don't mind this. I'd rather him. I'd rather him do ninety second, ninety second, uh, exciting, interesting promos than parade him out there to, to do nothing of any substance. Even if he wins the match, but it means nothing. I'd rather this. I also like the fact that this these promos feel authentic. They feel like I feel like he has ownership to them. One of the one of my biggest it's kind of like a fun nostalgia thing for all of us who grew up in the you know watching wrestling in the 80s and 90s. Uh but it's also a little bit of a pet peeve is when WWE gets in the, remember like in the 90s I'll use um I'll use like Hunter Hearst Helms as an example. In like 95 we'd be we'd see like weeks and months of vignettes of this this Blue, this you know this blue blood snob Hunter Hearst Helmsley, and it'd be Hunter Hearst Helmsley. He's on his way to the World yep. Wrestling Federation. It's like he's like he's freaking hedge like hitchhiking across the country. He's on his way to the WWF. It's like what are you talking <laughs> I about? Yeah, I used to get sucked into that. Crap, I used to always, they, you know, you know but, I, I hate, but I, I want to see something that has a little that feels a little more authentic and genuine. This feels authentic. It feels like Ali is shooting this wherever he's shooting it, and he's and he's you know he's sending it into WWE saying show this. I don't know. It feels more authentic. <laughs> I like this. That, that yeah. Yeah, Ali, he's on his way to the WWE. He's got three more truck stops, and then no, but him sending it in, I like yes. that. Yeah, yeah, that's what it feels like to me. Yeah, um, and I think uh, the, these promos have been fantastic. I just Hell think, that, yeah, yeah, we've got to build towards something, and the payoff has got to be good. I wonder if it could be against Joe at this point. I mean, Joe's stock has fallen somewhat in terms of wins and losses. And on these promos, shout out uh, on the Winkley, which I'm on. The, the, the uh, Wrestling Inc. has the Winkley on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Uh, and I'm on there Wednesday and Thursday with Nick Houseman. And Nick just had an interview on one of the recent episodes with the guy who is behind some of the promos that works with Ali. So uh, just check huh. that out. If you're on, if you're on this Wrestle, cool. Wrestling Inc. channel, just check that out. That's cool. Um, after that, we had Ms. TV with guest Hall of Famer Shawn Michaels and Dolph Ziggler came out. This, I think, was the most interesting part of this, um, that Ziggler was criticizing the Raw reunion last night, saying it was embarrassing. (laughs) And instead of Sean saying, 
I'll tell you what's embarrassing. Instead, he said, I agree with you. I was embarrassed. It was embarrassing. Like <laughs> he agreed with him and then said, but what's even more embarrassing is your career and being a second rate HBK. Um, but I thought it was interesting. They had him agree at first. Yeah. Just to set it up more. And unfortunately it, did not do that and it did exactly what you said in your first emotional like response to this is the correct one same one i had why would you ever admit that you know what i mean versus them doing it on purpose to to, to what he's agreeing with him oh there it is i knew it was coming do you know what i mean yeah 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 i don't know why they have Dolph openly criticizing the show sammy zane's on twitter openly criticizing like it's like WWE. you know they you know they did this back when the mcmahons came back in december and they pinned all the heat on baron corbin it's like they acknowledge they acknowledge the problems they have and they acknowledge what's being said on the internet and they just find somebody to, to pin it on i don't and how about this is the second week i think they did it last week this is two weeks in a row on tv they've said goldberg bad and, and it rings. oh yeah this is two yeah. weeks in a row they criticize goldberg being bad now look goldberg had a bad bad showing in saudi arabia he had a concussion. but right like, didn't he get hurt early on yeah but like i mean he had a bad performance okay but like oh, yeah. this is a guy who's a hall of famer and you're and you're openly two weeks in a row using goldberg as an adjective for bad in the ring like that's <laughs> I agree with you. I, mean, I, I know I, I totally agree with you. For for the haha it gets for for the fans watching, it's not worth it. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. And, and the other the other thing is this: it's old to criticize the show as one of the boys and one of the wrestlers. Like it's not like I remember yeah. doing that like in 04, 05. Like that was kind of cutting edge. Oh, oh, he's pulling back the curtain. He's saying he doesn't agree. Do you know what I mean? Like th- that was kind of cool then. Not now. Now you just like we want you not to say that. We want you to improve the show, though. We want you to help improve it. Okay, do something about it. But just bitching about it online, I don't want to know that. Yeah, and that's the thing. They criticize, but not nearly with the. They're the doing team. it to pander as well, yeah. though, Glenn. They're doing oh, it to no, pander absolutely. to the smart marks and smart fans that are not even smart fans. Everybody now on Twitter, you know what I'm saying? And it's like it's not worth it. It's like um, it's like remember Jive Records back in the late '90s, early 2000s had the Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears, and then they also had the Insane Clown Posse who made fun of the Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears. So they're like trying to own the crap and own the outrage against the crap and saying we don't care, we make money on both sides of it. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just say it doesn't have it the same edge it once did. So Sammy Zayn crapping on the show on Twitter, let's say, doesn't have the luster or the. Oh, did you see what Sammy said? Um, yeah doesn't have the same thing it did years ago in my opinion everyone does it it's not a big deal yeah it's something man i, I will um, say what, what the miz said was ex- what the miz actually jumped in and said was exactly what i was saying at the tv and feeling as what? Dolph says all this <laughs> as Dolph says all this and then sean with the comeback says you know you're you're a second rate sean michaels and then Dolph just kind of like just ang- I was like, hit the man. If he just ins- if, if, if this if this old man who, who's pandering with the rest of the has been legends just insulted you, effing hit the man. And he right. just <clears throat> until finally the miss actually jumps in and says, just do something. And I was yeah. like, yes, just do something. Like, what yeah. are you doing? So he went for Sean, ended up attacking the Miz, but uh, you know, HBK gotta love him. Drop Ziggler with sweet chin music. <laughs> Can't, can't like Kurt Angle gets the crap kicked out of him by Baron Corbin. That's his retirement. But HBK and DX keep showing up and going over these younger guys that are busting. It makes no, not a mod, not even a nothing. It make I can't even find the word that, that describes it. It just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't in any freaking context. Is this does not make sense? Oh, pardon me. Ziggler did drop him. Uh, ultimately, sweet chin music. I got that reverse. But still, uh, I thought HBK looked cooler in this segment than uh, than Ziggler did. And you're right. The thing with just do something, just do something. They've got to not make that. They got to stop putting in positions, though, Glenn, for to make the older guys. You know what I mean? Look cooler than the younger talents. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's on some of the younger talents now. I don't care what that script says. You're once in a lifetime opportunity. You're in the ring with Shawn Michaels. Figure it out. And by the way, I didn't understand this. Dolph said to Sean again. He said to Sean, "Like you were embarrassing last time you got back. You know, you just got back in the ring back in November and Saudi Arabia." I didn't Which think was Sean was. A, Sean wasn't embarrassing. Triple H got hurt, and Sean had to wrestle the match as a handicap yeah. match. Pretty <laughs> I mean, much. Like, he Pretty wasn't, much. like Sean. Impressive. Sean held his own against Kane and the Undertaker. Yeah. But that is something a younger talent should be saying. Right? Yeah, Grand no, I know. Yeah, I know. I mean, but it, it, 
but they're trying to talk real. And I was like, well, that ain't right. they're trying to talk real and say how, how Goldberg sucked in Saudi Arabia. But then they're saying Shawn Michaels was embarrassed. I'm like, no, he wasn't. Like, his partner got hurt and he carried the match. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just go all the way. Be like, you know, Goldberg, he's the reason ratings are down lately. That Saudi deal, he actually negotiated that. We're just stuck with, you know, what he got us into. It's mm -hmm. all his fault. Uh, Ember Moon versus Charlotte Flair. This perfect segment was a match. Uh, they're out there. They're starting to have a match, but then Bailey's music interrupted. Flair was distracted by Bailey coming down the ramp. Uh, Ember Moon rolled up Charlotte for the pin and the win out of nowhere. Crazy good for Ember Moon. Yeah, for an X's and O's of booking, this might have been the best segment. Really? So, well, think about it. So for you have so you have Ember Moon. Who ends up getting? Uh, she, you know, she's on the road to challenge Bailey, so she ha she can't lose. So she pins Charlotte, who Charlotte's like the most credible, at least at yes. least on accolades. Yes, she gets the pin because her opponent actually gives her the distractions. That gives Ember a little bit of a little bit of heat, a little bit of you know sneakiness to her. And then she celebrates with her friend, but then she throws her friend to the wolves, and then her friend gets beat up by Charlotte. And then Ember comes in and hits the finish on. Her. I mean, like it was just it, it was everything yes. you needed. It, it you know it. it I agree. I think from it, an it really, standpoint, it, it was the perfect really segment. This really catapulted her quickly. Yes. To make me care a hell of a lot more about her than I did. Yes. What did you think of Charlotte's backstage interview saying that uh, she's going to be on the SummerSlam card and she's going to have a better opponent than uh, than Ember Moon? I don't think you should be saying those types of things. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Who do you I, think it's going to be, Justin? Ronda Rousey. Makes the most sense, right? Right, Matt? How many weeks to SummerSlam? Two. Uh, two or three. You think there's we have, we have, other we have with two weeks left? Maybe she's a surprise, or maybe they show some vignettes just teasing that she's coming. They can't be that stupid not to build up a month's worth of Ronda Rousey clips. But if you but if you have two if you have you have two episodes of Raw and SmackDown remaining, so if even if even if if, if we show video clips for a week that's like just just her training, just like those those old fashioned teasing vignettes, then so you know that she's coming. I'm in favor of big time talents like that that you're paying a buttload of money to. You need to squeeze the hell out of every dime you're paying them with marketing them I, and make as many people come to see it as possible. I mean, I subscribe to what Kevin Ash once said to me, which is you can't make money off what you don't promote. So, I mean, like they need to let you know before SummerSlam the day of that she's coming so you can, I don't know if it's sold out or not, but if it's not, so you can approve that gate so you can approve the people tuning in. What's what's her name doing? Um, Sasha? No. Trish? Ooh. Oh, Sasha's Ooh. on there. Maybe. Well, no. Um, come on. Um, Female tag team, um, Oscar. Yes. Yeah, could be. I mean, God uh, knows, Oscar and Kyrie Sane aren't doing much. Chat room are, seems are, to think a lot. Aren't they that? kind of? Aren't they? Aren't Oscar and Kyrie kind of mixing it up with the iconics though? They are. Uh, the chat room and on Twitter, lots of people think Trish Stratus could come back for this. Huh. Oh, because Toronto. Hmm. Yeah. Ooh, good call, Ew. chat. Chat room might have cool. it. Chat room might have. That'd be cool. And realistic. Yeah. I mean, we've seen Trish. We've seen Trish wrestle in the last year for them. So, and once again, <clears throat> WWE, you need to put the current talent over. Over. You think Trish is going to come back and win over Charlotte? I think Trish might be more I realistic than Ronda. Not enough. To, well, no, they do love Charlotte. So, luckily, they'll. I hopefully. Yeah. They'll, if it was Bailey, if it was Bailey, be like, I don't know. I think Trish got yeah. this one. Which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, let's take a moment. Speaking of SummerSlam, let's thank the sponsor of this episode, which is SeatGeek. Oh, getting tickets, getting tickets to events. One of the most stressful, stressful things in my life. Love to go out, love to go to concerts, love to see comedy, love to see wrestling, love to go to the theater, as it were. And getting tickets, it's like some ticketing websites make it difficult on purpose. They make you want to work for it. They want you to prove you're a true fan and you're willing to fill out all the different captures. You're willing to refresh again and again and again and pay whatever ridiculous prices they have because you're that hardcore and you're that set on going to the event, not SeatGeek. They care about the customer experience. They know that that's annoying. They know the events that you want. They actually care about your business and they have millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee. SeatGeek proves there is a better way. You could search sports, live music, comedy, and more. They have the tickets you're looking for all in one place. In an industry that tends to stagnate, SeatGeek decided to stand out from the crowd. And so far, over 50,000 five-star reviews on the App Store. How is that for customer satisfaction? They built the fastest and the best way to find tickets. So you can stop searching for that perfect seat and just start enjoying it, man. That's what it's all about. Got the app on my phone when I say, hey, Bush, Our Lady Peace, and Live are coming to town. 
QFC Geek right there. They rate each seat, each deal on a scale of one to 10. Green means it's a good deal. Red dots are overpriced. You know, right there, if this is worth going, man, lightning is going to crash at the Concord Pavilion, and I'm going to be there to enjoy it with my machine head and all my mid-90s glory. It's going to be fantastic. SeatGeek is getting me in and making it happen. And every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for those tickets with confidence. I've got the app on my phone. It is the fastest, easiest way to find tickets. Been using it all summer long. Saw Joan Jett a few weeks ago, speaking of Ronda Rousey. And uh, yeah, going to New York in a couple weeks. Going to use SeatGeek to check out some more Broadway plays. Really, really excited to see Hades Town and the revival of Oklahoma. And Bat Out of Hell, the Meatloaf musical. SeatGeek has the seats. I'm going to go see it on Broadway. We've got a special deal for you. You're going to get $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today. Use the promo code INC for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. That's promo code INC for $10 off your first purchase. SeatGeek has been a great sponsor of the Wrestling Inc. podcast. You guys tweet us all the time that you're using it. You're saving money. And we thank them for sponsoring us. And uh, you're going to dig it. Promo code INC, $10 off. Meatloaf has a musical on Broadway. Yes, which is perfect because Jim Steinman, his uh, composer, is lyricist. Meatloaf's music is very theatrical. I think I'm really looking forward to seeing this. You are such a tool. <laughs> Matt, not a fan of the music of Jim Steinman. <laughs> you don't like total. You don't like Total Eclipse of the Heart. That's one of his. Okay, I, I, no, I like. Nick, how about this one? I yeah. date myself. I like Nikki French's version. Oh wow. That was like the techno remix in the, yeah, the late exactly 90s. Enough. Yes, it was. I remember those. Yes. Uh, but back when that's you, that was literally like a, a thing that happened. They released all these kind of like low effort techno remixes with a dance beat. Judy Torres was the queen of it. <laughs> there were so many of them. And then there were the weird soundalikes where it had like the band name sounded kind of like the real band name that was doing a cover, like a techno version of like Don't Speak. I can't remember what it was called, but uh, yeah. Oh. It was a weird time in the late 90s, folks, uh, as we saw evidenced by all of the old timers coming out for that Raw reunion last night. We're going to talk more about that, including who was injured, uh, who didn't make the cut last night and more. Uh, we got Kofi Kingston out to the ring. He got a good pop mm -hmm. and uh, he's facing Samoa Joe tonight. But first, wanted to talk about who he wanted to face at SummerSlam and as predicted, as talked about. As seemed most obvious, it's Randy Orton. And, Matt, they did it. We were talking they weren't going to do this. They brought up what happened Good. 11 years ago and that whole story. Justin, can you fill people in on that for those that weren't watching then? Uh, I mean, I will. I think Matt maybe should also chime in, too. Because yeah. I was thinking the same thing They when they were talking about it. I know Matt talked about it uh, on the show last week, and he's the most appropriate to talk about, I guess, in terms of yeah. credibility. But basically, just before Matt goes, yeah, I mean, Kofi Kingston talks about you know, uh, talks about 11 years ago when that feud was red hot with he and Randy Orton. That was Kofi's big, biggest single feud to date. The big moment in MSG when he hits the, the, the boom drop in the crowd on the table and people were chanting his name. And it looked like, you know, Kofi might be their next big single star or the next big star on the rise. And, um, and then Kofi talks about, but nope, that didn't happen because Randy used his influence, meaning his, 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 his stroke, his, his, his leverage, his power of being a top guy and, you know, held Kofi down. And, and, and then Randy, and this promo says, yes, I did hold you down because you weren't ready then and you're not ready now. And Matt acknowledged it last week. And um, there's been, a, you know, Randy's a Randy's a interesting character. There's a lot of stories that have been about him in his 15 plus years in the business. Um, certainly it seems like he's changed, matured, evolved, what have you over time. But, uh, but yeah, Matt, I mean, go go from there. Yeah. And then after that uh, boom drop, uh, MSG, the crowd, like you said, lost their bleep. They really did. And he was supposed to be the next big star. And he goes into that matchup versus Randy. And Randy, um, you know, later on, pouts in the middle of the ring because Kofi screwed up. Like, vis like visibly, you can't miss it. You, like, cussed at him and everything. And uh, so unprofessional. And everybody lit up the message boards about that, I remember, as well. And, yeah, he did hold him back. There's no question about it. Um and this isn't like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here. I mean, like, Kofi's not the only situation that Randy, especially in that time, was linked to. Like, no, Ken Mr. Anderson. Ken Anderson comes to mind here. I Definitely mean, you know, Ken Anderson, oh, which yeah. is a shame because <laughs> he that I mean, look when when you're the guy. First off, the amount of the amount of the amount of like 
big names that can beat in the time he did. We're talking like Taker and such, Taker. Michaels. And then the fact when you're anointed to be the storyline where you're going to be deemed as Vince McMahon's son, I mean, that was the plan until he got pulled for the steroid bust or whatever, and they ended up audible and going to Hornswoggle. When you're the guy who's going to be dubbed as Vince McMahon's son, I mean, like, and you beat Taker, you beat Michaels, you beat all these guys that they had him beat. Um, you know, I, you know. So yeah, and then then that whole half thing happened with Ken. Yeah, it's a shame, and 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 I still think Cena had something to do with it as well. Yeah. That's very true about John as well. People like let him off the hook. Very much so true, but uh, shame with Randy at that time. He he was he was doing that, but um, it's cool that they brought it to light and made it into a storyline here. Because yeah. You don't forget that. There's no. I don't care what Kofi says in real life and real shoot promos and things like that about. Oh, you know, back in the time or whatever he may say or may not say in real life. You don't forget that stuff. Well, no and, and, yeah, you don't forget that. But you know, but even Randy, you know, Randy was firing back talking about fake Jamaican accents, throwing pancakes. I mean, when you start speaking real, people do respond to that because they're like, okay, this isn't a script that some writer came up with. This is right. them actually talking about real life. This is what. Yeah. This is what the message boards will talk about. So that does, you know, when 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 you when you start letting the art imitate life or life imitate art, however, whichever way the street goes, yeah. that tends to get people's attention. Definitely, Matt. Have you let go of all your professional wrestling grievances, or do you still have a list? Uh, big Show, you know, <laughs> Big Show. It's tough. No, I'm joking. I, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Maybe that's the key, man. I mean, I don't. Maybe it's easier if you walk away from it. Maybe if you're still there, it's a lot harder to let go of it because you're reminded every day of where you're standing and statuses, especially in a company like WWE where there's such a hierarchy. No, because if I was still there, I would handle it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it would pass. It would pass along because I would have it had made a point to have handled it. I had found out stuff once I had already been released about being told you know big show would put it put put the put the word to me after all of our segments and things like that he'd go to the back and tell vince i'm unsafe in the ring and all these different things and i remember one time vince was like you know you got to be you know just remember he pulled me aside and the girl he's like just remember you got to remember treat everybody like they're a sack of eggs you want to protect them and i remember looking at him like you can't t- you can't honestly tell me that that 500 pound seven foot four man is complaining I'm not being safe with him right sir yeah you know it I makes sense just- to see you as a threat though I mean you come in you know with your MTV hair like fresh off you know you, you I mean seriously I mean big show you know say what no. you will but he had more of like a King Kong Bundy type look with the shaved head right the which makes him different nobody's taking this but I can see where he'd be intimidated by a pretty boy like Matt Morgan coming in. He's like, this guy's got size, and but, maybe he's you know. But on, but on the flip, posters. But on the flip side, Glenn, like, what about the old, the famous old formula? Like, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're right, if you're Big Show and you see another big sum bitch that you can make some money with, or if, or you know, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're Randy Orton and you see this young up, you know, a Kofi Kingston, yeah, he's using a fake to make an accent, but nobody else like him. If you can make some money with him or if, 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 yeah. if, if Mr. Kennedy's the next hot thing who maybe in storyline, he is challenging Orton and Cena f- for their spot in 2008, 2009, whatever it was like, if you can make money with them, just go with it. Screw whatever yes. personal thing you feel about them. That's, I, you know, I don't know. Because I mean, guess what? If you, if you do help them and you, you attach their cart to them and you do help them get over it's not necessarily they're going to take your spot, but let's say they do get super over, right? Because of you doing the right thing and doing business by them, right? With them, right? You would hope that they would remember to pay the fo- to pay it forward and pay that f- favor when they do get super over and they may, maybe they do pass you by. Maybe they do remember that and they pull you up back to their level. And they were. And while we're talking about that time period, this, 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 you know, I don't know, I don't know what year, I don't know what year your thing with Big Show was, but I know at least with, 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 with Orton and and Kofi and Orton and Ken, we're talking like you know oh eight oh nine. Yeah. Um, maybe it's also just at that time where they were in their career. They're like you know maybe they, you know they, they they just wanted to hold on. Maybe I don't know what the contract status was because it seems like now fast forward ten years ten years later, you know Cena's put over. I mean you know Cena let Kevin Owens come up from NXT and beat him on that first night on you know like Cena's put guys over Orton's put guys. Like, it seemed yeah. that that those now, guys were talking about later, ten years later exactly. So I, I think it just has something to do with that that time. They're like you know I, hey I, I still got to. I still got to earn and I still got to be the top guy and we're more threatened. Now it seems like they're happy to put anybody over because they need to, they're fa- a failing company without new stars. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, so of course this match got going Samojo versus Kofi Kingston. It was a little competitive and then RKO attempt, but he missed 
and mm-hmm. uh, Kofi won it by DQ. Orton and Kofi squared up after the RKO attempt. Joe got involved from behind. Um, yeah, it's interesting that they're selling that Smackville special with uh, Kofi in a triple threat this Saturday yeah. while also building against Randy for uh, SummerSlam. Uh, Finn Balor out to the ring and interrupted by Bray Wyatt. You know, I it's funny. I'd forgotten this happened as we're talking about the rest of it. And I stand by what I thought at the time. This is the best thing on WWE TV all week. This yeah. Firefly Funhouse segment tonight with uh, Bray Wyatt back in cuddly friendly mode cutting this promo talking about that he doesn't know what the fiend is going to do uh because finn balor challenged him to a match at SummerSlam. he said the fiend accepted and uh i thought this was perfect we got the cutesy we got the surreal we got the creepy but what i thought was what i thought was interesting though could you imagine if you weren't a fan of pro wrestling and you were flipping the channels which one of these two guys between finn balor and bray wyatt you would assume was the hottest thing in wrestling right now Good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. The guy in the Mister Rogers sweater, you know, uh, Finn. I worry, man. I worry about how this is going to go. Well, this I'm gonna tell you how I'm gonna tell you how this should go, especially if the rumor's true that Finn's asking for time off. This match should be squash city. This match should be the Fiend just. And I don't know. I don't know if he wrestles. With, I don't know if he takes the mask off and we see Bray's actual. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how the presentation of the match is going to yeah. be. That's I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that. To be short and concise. This, and yeah, this 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 needs to be this needs to be the fiend real quick. And it, it, only it's, because Finn's coming back for the record fans that were saying this because he's taking time off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, 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 I would not be okay with this for Finn's future. I would not if he was supposed to be expected back the next week on television. Yeah. I would not be okay with this. Use somebody different. Well, no matter who the first opponent is, and it just works out if Finn's taking time off that it, that it is Finn. Whoever the first pay per view matches for the Fiend should be a just. It, we, we can't see the Fiend have weakness. This needs to be dominant, uh, so it works out. And then yeah, and maybe Finn comes back when he's ready to come back in a few months, and he and he pulls the demon character out. But I mean, I will say this: the one thing that hurts Finn, it has been proven. Finn can't win anything that matters unless he's a demon. That is the fact. Go back on the stats. He can't win anything that matters unless he's the demon. But that being said, if he wants time off. Let's get let's get Bray's character over. I wish he would take time off and show up on uh, AEW or New Japan. I think uh, WWE, unless they completely reboot him. I mean, WWE's paying him. He's in a contract right now. I know, but like, look where he was three. Look where he was three years ago. You know, where, I mean, where was he? Where was he three years ago? He was going to win a universal title and he got hurt in the match. I mean, what, yeah, what, I, mean, I know. But ever since then, he's come back. They don't treat him that way anymore. I mean, they treated him like we talked. I remember on this very podcast, Matt, one of the first podcasts we ever did together, talking about how they strapped the rocket to him. He went over Roman Reigns in that mm-hmm. four way to get into that match with Seth. They believed so much in him, and since he's come back from that injury, uh, the IC title is the highest he's he's risen, and even that. Showered on. Remember when, that week when we heard. The reports of Vince souring on him, and it's yeah. it's been like that literally ever since. It, it's the problem of him having the two characters. The demon is such a good entrance; it's so visually enticing. It makes Finn Balor just look like another dude, a dude that's got great abs, mind you, but he just yes. looks like another dude. Like yes. I don't, I mean, that's I don't know any other way to put it. The he demon is so. such a big. Deal. It, it would it would be like when the Kane character started in '97. If we saw Kane every now and again, and then he was corporate Kane, the other, well, like, you know what I mean? It's it, 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 when it's you like, not work, by the way, all those I mean, years later. Let's let's talk about wrestlers, uh, male wrestlers' levels of hotness. Now, Matt, I know you think that uh, Luchasaurus is like, a total babe underneath that mask, what? and uh, what are you talking about? Let's about. No, sorry. I've even done the show. I'm, I'm no, 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 no. Uh, Luchasaurus. I'm talking about the the Your attractiveness. Looks? Yes, the I was being facetious Handsome? there for a second. Yes. Well, because Luchasaurus. Because I, I said Finn has good abs. No, I'm saying Finn is an attractive guy. Like yeah. outside of the makeup, so it feels yeah. to me like a waste. Kind of like this is a bit. I'm not, I'm not sure you were on this podcast, Justin. As Matt was saying with Luchasaurus, Luchasaurus is a good looking dude. Why do they have a Luchasaurus mask all the time? Could they? Could they be capitalizing more uh, by uh, going on his look? So with Finn, I think that's the argument. He looks badass. Okay, but we've done it this way for long enough, and it's not working. 
that's the I would agree normally with that sentiment, but it's we're witnessing what the payoff here is, and it's not much. They're not believing in them, they being the writing team and Vince. So whatever gets that guy winning and doing his thing again, I'm all for. But um, yeah. I mean, if he's the demon full time, I could see. I don't know. The being a full time makeup character, I think, is very very tough to have them take you seriously. Wow, but, you you're know. in the you're in the building for eight hours prior. It's plenty of time to get the makeup on. Yeah, you don't true. need to talk either, does he? Do we need to hear him talk as demon? The demon has the demon ever? He has Only done a never. couple sentences. I want to say, but no. Remember? Oh God, no. Remember? I know why I blocked it out. Remember the last time he growled. He growled. That was the issue. Yeah. The growling. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> maybe maybe Shinsei, maybe Nakamura should growl. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, move on. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we got the main event tonight, which was. Ah, uh, what was the main event tonight? KO. Okay, this was very convoluted. Well, because it was so convoluted, we were getting ready for the podcast when this started. Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens, but Shane McMahon was the special guest announcer. Uh, Elias was the guest timekeeper, and Drew McIntyre was the guest referee. Oh, how was this going to end? Yeah. I mean, on paper, you know what they're doing. You see why this should make sense. But this is an example of what happens when something gets tired out. And I'm sorry, Shane has a heel. Nobody connected with, nobody believed that from day one. No one believed it. The one thing I'll give Shane is a heel. There was no booing Roman Reigns tonight. That crowd was behind that, that crowd was behind Roman and KO when they're in the ring and they weren't booing that's Roman. True. And that's, I mean, that's so which that that's something. Yeah. I mean, that, that's so. true. Um, I just I don't care about this. Yeah. And I love KO. I want, I, like, I'm, he's doing they have him where I would always want him, main event, right? I just don't care about who he's against currently. I'll be real interested to see if KO's momentum continues with the stunner, with this presumably rebellious attitude once he moves past Shane. Shane is so unlikable right now, but like one, like, like whatever KO's next thing, I want to see if that... Is Shane unlikable or does he have go-away heat? I don't believe in go away heat. I really don't. I, I'm sorry. And I, this, I don't want to extend this podcast longer than it has to be. I just, I don't believe in go away heat. I, I'm, I'm just, I, it would, if somebody wants to aggravate me, use the term X Pac heat and, and I will, I, I hate, I hate that because, because at the but very root, I remember turning my TV. So they lost me. Don't, I don't want to hear, well, isn't the, the, the objective to make you hate him enough to where you boo him? Or like, oh, I don't want to see him. Well, no matter what happens, it's heat. Well, no, that's like the people that say there's no such thing as bad press. Yes, there is. There actually is something as bad press. Like I, 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 I used to turn in my backyard and take a piss, and that makes the front page news. <laughs> Guess what? I don't want that. <laughs> that's not good press. Yeah, but if we see you taking a piss, then Blue Chew jumps in it and says they want to be in business. And now you have a new sponsor, <laughs> no, and you got more money. No, look, I use this with Baron Corbin. Like people always complain about Baron Corbin, and they're like, I can't stand. It. Like I'm like, that's the idea. You're not supposed to like him. Like. Yeah. Shane, 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 the aggressiveness of Shane's TV time. If we are talking behind the curtain, if we're talking like we talk in these podcasts, yes, it is obnoxious when you think about other guys who use the TV time. It's but not if, that for me. But if we're just talking, if we're talking X's and O's of faces and heels, he is a very unlikable heel right now. He's a McMahon. He's being up, everything he's doing on camera. But again, KO's. But getting a babyface pop, Roman Reigns getting a babyface pop. Everybody that's cool. against Shane, Shane McMahon is acting as a heel for me. That that's my disconnect. It's not because of how much TV time he's taking. Honestly, it's not. It's not my eat with him. It's I don't believe he's a heel. I don't believe he's a bad guy. Okay, fair enough. I mean, he you're right. For years, was the one, the one McMahon who loved new young talent and was fair always enough. on his dad's heels about why don't we try this guy? Why don't we do more with this guy? And it'd be like some dude in the middle of the card going, "What me? Really? Wow, that's cool." Um, do you know what I mean? Because he believed in young talent. That argument I'll take. You're right. Shane is the most likable of the McMahons based upon how they are perceived generally. So th that I'll I'll give you that point. But, but the only time I believed it was him versus Miz. Honestly, the first time that's the only time I believed it was him versus Miz for like the first match, and then they, they lost me. Yeah, Turn I don't know, man. Stephanie, all day I'll take as a heel. Absolutely. Oh, she's tremendous. She's tremendous. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Steph is everything Shane isn't in this role. 
it's very a, very frustrating yeah by proxy she he's a great baby face shane yeah absolutely and she can never do that so i don't know why they're going against type <laughs> i don't know i don't get it especially because it was working yeah. out pretty well i thought it give the the, i mean again you see what if this is written on paper what this is supposed to do this is supposed to be getting multiple talents over obviously your boy from pittsburgh right um drew and then obviously um no, Elias, yeah, yeah. is it getting drew and elias over i mean no. i think yeah no. i think I, I like them both less but i don't know a lot elias is going to be playing at smackville this saturday Hey, at least he's better than what they were doing with him. Like, Elias is super talented. Yeah, uh, so everyone ended up beating everyone up. Um, Daniels, I can kick your ass. I just want to throw that in there. Yes. Uh, Owens gave Shane a stunner. We saw replays of that. Went off the air. With Owens standing tall, this is his show. (sighs) I should be ecstatic because, again, KO, top spot, top role, main event match. I should be very happy about that because I was, you know, Remember when Shane was the babyface and Owens was the heel with Sami Zayn against Shane? Oh, like yeah. that yeah. was good. That's when Sami became a heel because he yeah. saved KO from Shane diving off the the cell. So right? funny that you hear KO on the outside of the apron waiting to get tagged into the match. Like his commentary would be so hilarious. Like he's so good. Yeah. But, and I think what he's doing, he isn't Austin like. Uh, uh, hero in this is that he's still cool without being, um, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, yeah, Shane is just bad. I don't want to see him try too much to do the Austin thing. I want to continue to be his own guy. Like he has been, he has been, you know, the stunner is what makes people go, oh, he's, he's copying Austin too much. And then, like you just said at the beginning of the show, you basically say Austin versus McMahon mm-hmm. 2.0 here, but KO looks very different. Obviously he wrestles very differently. And the things he's saying is very different. Um, and Shane is no Vince McMahon as a heel, obviously. But that's Shane's not even Linda McMahon as a heel. <laughs> but like, do you know what I mean? Like, like, but Kale's doing it his own way though, still, and he's still, I think, very different. I don't think he looks like he's copying Austin. Even. Yeah. The, the people when they see the stunner, they like to throw it out there as an example to me all the time. I'm like, I mean, Austin's on the Austin's on the Mount Rushmore. You can't use Mount Rushmore guys. Finish. I agree with unless that unless Austin last night would have somehow endorsed that, and we all could just put it to rest. But it's, I have a feeling he definitely did. Oh, I, behind I oh behind the scenes, I'm sure he did. But if he if he publicly somehow if they tie it into a storyline like, like the figure if, four with Miz, even though I still didn't like it. Even well, you know the story. You know the story with that. When Ric Flair endorsed the Miz for the figure four, that was supposed to be Dolph Ziggler. That would have made sense. That was supposed. Um, Why did they do it? I reported that years ago. I, I'm trying to remember all the st- that. St- that was a that awesome. was that was supposed to be the original pitch. Was Ric Flair was going to take Dolph as as Ric Flair oh, two point would have been perfect. Dolph could do it, and oh, then Dolph pissed somebody off, and they went with the Miz instead. That's uh, what that story was right there. By the way. That sucks yes. for, for for Dolph because Dolph could have been in a completely different stratosphere now. Mm-hmm. That's what that's, that was the, that was the original pitch. Damn, Dolph, what'd you do? <laughs> uh, who knows? I'm sure uh, when he leaves the company, his interview is going to be great. When he starts doing the shoot oh, interview, oh, when, he, oh, when he when he does Jericho's podcast, that'll be tremendous. <laughs> I hope I hope you guys still see it. He he's hands down the best bump and feeding heel in the business. And that's with Bobby Roode on the roster, by the way. I don't like it. Wow. That. Like Bobby to me had always been for my money, but, but, but no, Dolph is Dolph is the best bump and feeding like Billy Gunn ass. That's how good he is. I'd say that's saying a lot. A high Billy praise. Yeah. Is the best bump and feeder of all time. Love me some Billy Gunn. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the raw reunion last night and who wasn't there. Sid vicious wasn't on the show. <laughs> There were uh, softball. Was it really a softball game, as people said? <laughs> I don't yes. Whenever you hear Sid Vicious is pulled out of an event a few days before, you can't have any other explanation other than softball. Definitely, bro. Oh, and, if you, and, and, if, and if you don't know that reference, just do some Googling. I mean, Ricochet, that's the biggest one. Yeah, Ricochet was supposed to be in that segment. Seth Rollins yeah. replaced him with DX. Yes. Yeah, that would have been awesome, by the way. They were going to put over Ricochet DX. Did yeah. you see that? Yeah. And that makes more sense. That would have been great for him. 
Yeah. Damn. So, the, so the news story we had on Wrestling Inc., uh, according to Meltzer on the Observer Radio, uh, yeah, it was originally going to be Ricochet, who he was going to get the backup with DX. Ricochet's injured, so they audibled, went to Seth Rollins. Um, the whole thing, though, was just a little bit odd to me. It was. Like, like wasn't, wasn't Triple H just part of the club <laughs> with Callows and Anderson in Japan like oh, two yeah. weeks ago? Yes. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know it was on a different continuity. Yeah, I know it was on a different continent, so maybe it doesn't count. I don't know. (laughs) It's like reading the X Men. It's like, is Magneto a hero, a villain? What's going on this week? But very transparently, I thought everybody could tell watching that show. It very much so was transparent that they threw those things together because things were not happening as they were supposed to originally go. You could see it throughout the show. Well, and one of the other reasons that things didn't go as original again on Wrestling Inc. uh, to today. (laughs) Um, was some backstage news on people like Rikishi and Pat Batterson not getting cleared for segments. There were uh, yes. guy, there were legends who were not uh, cleared to do physical. Some uh, take bumps. Right. So that's why that's why we got the weird transition of Pat Patterson becomes twenty four seven champion, and then we get to another segment where supposedly Gerald Briscoe has pinned him, but we don't see it because they couldn't do anything physical to Pat. Um, right. Rikishi, I guess, was supposed to get involved, <clears throat> do a stink face, do his shtick. Uh, with the sons of Usos, we did not get that. So that apparently was something that was uh, plaguing their, their their writing process. You want to know something though? I like that. It shows me they're taking everybody's health very seriously. I'm sure. I'm, I'm, I'm in favor of that. Uh, keeping with the Raw reunion backstage notes again, Wrestling Observer. Uh, yeah, uh, Sid Vicious, Psycho Sid, wherever you want to know him as. He pulled out of the show apparently several days uh, before. <laughs> so that's why if you look at the merchandise that they had, they had printed up shirts that, you know, you know, Raw reunion, I was there, has all the guys that we did see, all the guys and girls. Sid's not on there. Um, and, you know, Sid really hasn't, you know, it's funny. Actually, I was at. Well, why um, would he be if he didn't go? Right, that's what I'm saying. But they, they knew that he wasn't going to be there, so they, they had enough time. They, they didn't put on the merchandise. Um, I saw Sid last time he was on Raw, though. I was at Raw 1000 yeah. in St. Louis back in 2012. Uh, he was there for that. So uh, but he hasn't had a lot of appearances over the years. Did we find uh, out what happened at the main event? What's that? Did we find out any information yet about the main event with Braun Strowman in a squash match? Just put this out there as a main event? I don't think I have anything. Glenn, do you, did you see anything? I haven't, but when we find it out, uh, Matt Morgan's going to fly to Colorado, show up at Raj Geary's door. <laughs> it just felt so out of place for me. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, and finally, on Wrestling Inc., we have the uh, Raw reunion numbers. And uh, as you'd hope, with all of that star power and all all the play, I mean, half of yeah. them live in the, half of them live in the Tampa area, so it's not like it's a whole lot of flights. But again, well, uh, Raw was up. Uh, it drew an average of 3.093 million uh, viewers, so that is a, a 26% increase from last week with 2.453. So uh, they did get the the bump uh, in viewership. They did get a rub from having all those legends. So to quote um, Glenn's favorite politician, AOC, is that impressive? <laughs> Is that him? He loves AOC. Uh, is that him? I'm joking. I have no idea. Like I live in her district. I, mean. I have no idea. I'm just joking. Um, is that is that saying something? A twenty percent? You know? Yeah. Why even invest in new talent? Let's just bring these old guys back each week and have them. But you is know? that a significant jump, Glenn? From where? Oh. because their ratings were terrible last yeah. week. No, it's uh, the biggest raw since uh, the post Mania Raw in 2018. It, yeah. So which a, number had a, a better? Rating? It's Trust the biggest. Me. Uh, it's the biggest viewership in 11 months. I don't have the viewership off. Oh, hang on. 11 months. 11 months. Joe said it would be. Let me, well, let me, let, me, let, me, let me put this in perspective to you. So I'll just give you like the last like month prior. Mm-hmm. So June 24th, 2.275 million. July 1, 2.496 million. July 8, 2.352. July 15, 2.453. This was 3.093. That was the average total uh, for the three hours combined. So, I mean, that, that's a, I mean, we're talking 2.4, 2.3, 2.2. That's a huge jump. So, and that, that's, it's really been that, I mean, it's, it's been in that two point range. Uh, it's Austin's quarter hour. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. So, do we know the quarter hour breakdown? I don't have the quarter. I don't have the quarter breakdown, but I would, I would imagine, well, let's see the jump from. And this is where it's tricky, by the way. Who's to say who garnered that? It's a 15-hour window for fans at home that don't get what a quarter rating is for whatever yeah. reason. I do. Who's to say? Like, if let's say if I had a match in that time span, right, in that 15-minute window, and my match was a squash match, and there was, like, two backstage segments and a commercial break in that 15-minute window, who's to say who drew that quarter-hour rating, though? It's true. Right, so here, here it was. Well, I can't give you quarter, but I can give you hours. So first hour... 
3.019 million. Second hour, 3.178. And this is all in Wrestling Inc., by the way. You guys can find this. Uh, and the final hour is 3.083. So it went down fi- the third hour. Well, the, the third hour was better than the first. First. So hour two was the best. Hour three was second best. Hour one was the least. So you know, so that so the fact that hour three wasn't the worst that that's the, that's you know that's something that means obviously quarters, though. I, really yeah, I don't know. That I don't have the quarters in front of me. Matt, when you show up at the SmackDown reunion on Fox, we're gonna get minute by minute rated <laughs> for TNA. I swear to you, you can ask Matt Conway. You guys probably know Matt Conway. He used to be a writer there. I used to annoy them with <laughs> I wanted minute to minute numbers. I swear to God. I swear <laughs> to God, I'm such a loser. But like. I was like that even in Little League. I used to take our freaking uh, coaching, our, our book home, like from the coaches, ask if I can borrow it so I could figure out my batting average and then I'd find out every one of my team's batting average and see if I was doing better or not. Wow. You must have been a joy during contract negotiations. Issues. <laughs> that was just very competitive. Yeah, I go in there and be like, we, I've made this graph that shows the Matt Morgan bump. <laughs> We're talking little, little League, though, dude. I'm not joking. Sixth yeah. fifth grade. <laughs> Hey, no, it's good. It's good to be on top of your business, man. Hey, did uh, we, hey Glenn, are you are you watching the chat room? Did, did we get any response on our on our look that Matt Morgan <laughs> commented on? Are the people liking the look this week? Uh, people are liking the look. People are commenting on my hair. People don't believe Justin that you're the youngest of the three of us. I am. I was born in '87. Yeah. Uh, wow. People oh, giving me a hard time about jokes that didn't land. Um, your, your, hair, your haircut is kind of bothering me. I guess I can put that out there. Jesus. What? bothering me what jokes glenn what jokes did you well, what, what i tried to talk about the hotness of male wrestlers and said you thought he wasn't joking was you worded it kind of you you worded it weird like you're being like, serious yeah. i just think it's refreshing because you always hear male podcasts hosts talking about the women the women's wrestlers and they'll make their little comments or Corey graves will do his thing about mandy rose so i think it's good for men to be able to comfortably say which male yes. wrestlers do you think are the most attractive objectively yes. You didn't say that. You said yeah. hot, and you said yeah. something else. Yeah, really you didn't give. You didn't. You didn't provide any of that context at all. You provided <laughs> said, no context. I, the words. I said handsome, attractive, good looking. I was being somewhat facetious for the point of comedy. Said, I was like, That's exactly what you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> I'll have to go back oh, and watch the replay. I'll have to go back and watch the replay. But when you said that, I'm pretty sure Matt and I probably looked in each other's boxes and looked at each other like, "What the <laughs> hell is happening here?" I just, you know, trying to keep everyone on their toes. Turn to your left. Let me see what happens. Yeah, okay. Do it again. Ready? <laughs> yeah. Two, three. What does that look like? I think we're all we turning like the right way. Okay. Yeah. We're taking the match promo photo. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh man. It's been fun. It's been good. Roger's gonna like, like Roger's gonna like he's gonna I think Roger's gonna start joining us as like the parental unit on these podcasts. Is <laughs> 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 it a chaperone the podcast? Yeah. Could you imagine if someone says notes and then Raj, they talked about '90s techno music. <laughs> I don't know if you ever did know that we got into our uh, replica belt discussion or any of our uh, rap discussions, or you know, dude, that, that's what I get written about the most. Probably yeah, is those kind of conversations stuff. that we have. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Uh, do you listen to new, new music, Matt, or do you mostly bump like older stuff from your youth? Yeah, heavy metal, like '80s heavy metal. Rock. Every time I listen to new music, I feel old. I feel really old. Or late nineties rap. Yeah, solid. It's good. What about you, Justin? I mean, I'll be honest. From a rock standpoint, one of the only like new bands that I get into is Greta Van Fleet. I know they they get they get dubbed. They sound a lot like um, Zeppelin, but like I mean, I'm a huge like ACDC, Aerosmith. Like that's my thing. Like I'm I'm a Ray Charles. I'm a huge Ray Charles fan, which is that's kind of random out of that. Uh, I'm. Eminem, I'm good. 90s rap, you know, like, you know, give me wow, some. How eclectic of you. I'm, what? <laughs> right, what? I said Ray Charles. I don't know, whatever. But ACDC, Aerosmith, uh, that's that's kind of where I hover in. Now, most of the new music I hear are when WWE uses something for a pay-per-view theme song. And that's, uh-huh. like, most of the newer yeah. stuff that I have. Yeah. Country, yeah. I'll country, I'll go with, 90, like, I'm, like, Travis Trick Country, Garth Brooks, Brooks and Dunn. I'll go with that kind of country. You know what? Daniel Bryan's main event. Where um, was Daniel Bryan at tonight? Yeah, where was he, Glenn? Doing I, I don't know. Doing we something built, vegan with composting? We, we, we built up that he had a career announcement. We didn't get it. We talked about that last week. And we didn't oh, that's see right. Him tonight. We didn't see him at all tonight, right? Yeah. Did I miss yeah. that? Screw the WWE. What did we talk about? Oh, F- his announcement. F you, Eric Bischoff. What's his announcement? It's, it's not 
Bischoff's fault. No. When does he start? He's oh, there, he's but he's a but he's there, but he's still learning where the f his office is. Apparently, he's like <laughs> hardly involved in creative or anything. He's still getting. He's still in orientation. It sounds like. Yeah, I hope tonight wasn't all him. Um, so, so what? Do you, what was your final thought on SmackDown tonight? I mean, half half a good show. Yeah, that was better than last week's. Obviously, um, I liked HBK out there. Um, I like them advertising that HBK was going to be there tonight. Like they don't do good advertising for SmackDown normally, so I liked that twist. I guess you could say. Um, I love the Kofi Randy stuff. Yeah. I really, really am digging that, and I've not been digging Kofi. I've been wanting to. This guy has done what every one of the guy, oh, the boys in the back have been wanting for for a lifetime to see one of their own that have worked their asses off and done just like many of the others have done. Not bitch, not moan, not, rarely get hurt. And finally get rewarded the big title, right? You win the championship, right? So, like, when they show those clips of the guys and girls watching the monitor, guys, that's, like, real life, usually, when someone like a Kofi wins the title. Um, so, like, finally, we get something that we can sink our teeth into. Now it's not just a feel-good story that Kofi's won the title. It's finally now let's get into some, you know, let's get to the brass tacks here of some meaty storylines uh, and I want to care about his opponent finally. You know what I mean? And yeah. get him over on somebody that's more elevated than him as well. Yeah, I think uh, that and Bray Wyatt were the high points of tonight. Oh God, Bray Wyatt! Yeah, definitely Bray Wyatt. So does he? Does he wrestle with the, that fiend mask going away? What, what do you think? I, I don't know how to take it yet because I was watching him every time we all watch him, obviously. But I'm like, can he move? Somebody, if somebody hits him. It's you know strapped. I mean, I mean it's strapped pretty snug to him. You can see that when they when they show that side profile when he first. I would like to him. see him take the chance and do it. Yeah. I don't know, but does it look Halloweeny because the lights come on? I don't know. Yeah, I wonder if they could do that match more in the dark, more NXT style. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey. What? What? Remember? Remember when Kane? Remember when 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 Kane started yes. '97? They the first couple like matches they did awesome. with the lights down and all red. Yeah. I think that'd be great. Because with Bray, the lighting that they do different with Bray is they have stagehands at the corner ring post shooting up with lights. With mm -hmm. with, with lights, so they're shooting lights up where normally all the lights are shooting down on talent. That's the difference they do with lighting. And they did that with Bray before this fiend did the fiend character. They used to do it when he was uh, do his yeah, wife family stuff. They they shoot lighting up. To make well, it look like that, like that, that kind of like, uh, are you afraid of the dark? Put a flashlight, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, then they, here's the thing, Justin. They've got to be able to do that and not take us out of the moment. Like we can't right. be able to pay attention and see those guys holding those flashlights, obviously, those lights during the matches. Because I want the lights to be out. And as crazy as that sounds, I think they can have a spotlight follow them back and forth, or they're hitting the ropes and all that. That would be crap. badass. That would be badass. Why can't they do that? That would be bad. What about? I mean, I mean, this might be taking it too far. But when he's when they're flashing those lights, they play that 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 screeching Halloween track. It sounds like a. I mean, again, if he's going to have a squash match, if we're going to talk about a match, it's like two minutes or, le or less, belt to bell. I mean, make this just like almost a special effects schmaz. I don't want to see a full. <laughs> I don't want to see. I don't want to see a full lit arena. And not, not, he's not saying the worms in the ring. Glenn. Okay. He's yeah, okay. yeah, no, I've seen it thus far. Yeah, light, but lights and a little sound effects. I mean, I don't know. Like, yes, no, yes, I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I was at that main in Orlando when they had the worms on the ring, and I was like, "What the hell is happening?" Let's start I changing know. the context of these matches. Finally, like they're all the same. That's the next. I mean, we don't. Everyone keeps guessing what the next step in revolutionizing wrestling is. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, what's the what's going to change it from what? It, like, look the way wrestling used to look back in like. George Hackenschmidt's day or whatnot, right? In wrestling and YMCA's and things like that, right? First time to, George Hackenschmidt's been said on this podcast. I love it. To, but but you know what I mean. Yeah, Luth doesn't all. I do. Anyway, and, until and then like what? Like the fit, then let's say like the seventies, eighties. The wrestling continued to evolve as TV did, right? And um, it just doesn't feel like it's evolved as far as the production standpoint is concerned. The view of the show, the match, the the, the ring, even. It all looks still the same. It's been for twenty plus years, you know. Think of the evolution of wrestling in twenty to thirty years. It's always changed the vision of what we saw on the TV screen, essentially, or sitting in the arena watching it. 
this could be dope. They need to try new things like this. And this is the perfect gimmick to try that out. Like you said, dude, shut off all the lights, put a spotlight on that follows them around the ring, around the action, put the flashlights on them and all that other crap that you were saying. Make this different and then see what it looks like. You might they might stumble onto something. Yeah. I think it's worthwhile. Uh, before showtime tonight, an hour before SmackDown Live started, the WWE tweeted for tonight. Kofi was going to announce his SummerSlam opponent. Uh, Ember Moon versus Charlotte was going to be on the show. And Daniel Bryan makes his announcement, question mark. So they were promoting that <laughs> up to an hour before. That really pisses you off, doesn't it? Now that you reminded me about it, because I'd forgotten about it completely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> there's loose continuity in professional wrestling. I suppose it's the best say. we can hope for. Yeah. Hey, the, the hey yeah. continuity. They, they, they showed a video clip from 11 years ago. That's what I was going to say. Come that, on. That's come the on. deepest cut they've done in a, in a while. They right. not they showed a video clip from 11 years ago, and they had Randy Orton reference that he injured Ali, which is why Kofi got the tight. I mean, that's yeah. actually for WWE. That's tremendous continuity. All right, to show you guys that I don't BS when I say like how much of these I watch, The Road to AEW All Out, episode two was on today on YouTube, you guys. I don't know if you can see it. The mocks, the part where they go to, I tell all the fans, you got to go watch this. They sold major tickets, in my opinion, with this one video clip of Moxley talking about going to Japan and learning Kenny, um, come on, Kenny. Omega. Um, Kenny Omega, that's horrible of me. Kenny Omega's style, where he comes from, his wrestling, all this other stuff, but he does it in such a believable manner and saying he's going to break his jaw. And it just, it's not like your normal wrestling promo crap. It, it sounds so believable. It's so believable. It's just like, I don't get why every single angle or promo can't be similar to this. Like, it's so believable. And, and, and you guys just got to see it. It's a, I think it's on the All Elite YouTube channel. It's the second episode for the all out previews, setting up the matches. And also they had all the young guys all fighting each other backstage that had just lost the six man tag. Yeah. Oh, because right. they got losses. And they're like, Joey Jones like, dude, what the and he started attacking the guy's like, now I'm only two because of you, you son of a like, what the hell? It's taking me forever to get a contract. Now I had two losses. Thanks a lot. Me making wins and losses mean something. I thought that was pretty cool. Because that's what I would be doing. If I lost a six man tag. And my pay was really and legit predicated on being able to take the winner's purse from the, the window, so to speak. I'd be beating the crap out of my partner for losing for me in real life. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I know, there's a little cool elements to it. I suggest everybody check it out. Oh, very cool. So that's Matt's plug for the week. Uh, anything else, Matt? Nope. Uh, Twitter, you guys know BP Ben Morgan, Instagram, BP Ben Morgan. Nice. Justin, what do you got? At Justin Labar, hit the follow. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. You can catch me on there, tweeting along with WWE programming and AEW for that matter. And we will be back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast Monday to talk about Monday Night Raw. Oh, the fallout from Smackville. Who knows what's going to happen there? Uh, probably nothing. And I won't uh, be here. I won't be here next week. Roger's filling in for me. Oh, okay. There you have it. And the week after, uh, I'm going to be gone for a little bit. So. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Go listen to Hootie and the Blowfish. Close the show, please. Let's go. There you have it. Catch you next time on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care. <laughs>